Hello, everybody, and welcome to Friday Lives, our weekly show about content creators and everything related to live streaming. I'm your host, Anya, here with Restream Team in Austin, Texas. Hello, happy Friday, and welcome to the show. If you are thinking about starting your own live streaming show just like this one, um, you should check us out at restream.io slash studio because this is how we run this show with video pre-rolls, with guests, with branding and all that good stuff. So if you want to learn more, it's going to be oops, right here. Check it out. Today we have a conversation about music, musical creators, DJs and everything related to that. So we are going to discuss the interesting things that musical creators could do and how they could leverage right live streaming in order to connect with their community at this difficult times of pandemic and just in general in order to grow and expand their their interactive um, communication with their audience and with their fans. My guest today is Glenn Morrison. He's a multi-platinum record seller musician, DJ and record producer. Hello, Glenn, and welcome to the show. Hi, Anya. Thank you very much for having me. Hi, everybody else is watching in. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is going to be really exciting. I'm seeing people already starting to say hi. Hi, Mauricio. Hi, uh, live on YouTube and Facebook. Afternoon from live on YouTube and Facebook. Afternoon. Awesome. And there's Ola from Danilo Gomez dos Santos. We are going to discuss music and streaming music today. So there will be a lot of interesting questions. Feel free to put them in the chat. We are going to take questions from the community as they come in, whether it's a question for me, for Restream team, or for Glenn and his experience as a DJ and musical producer. Yeah, Ola Carlos, that's awesome. Good to see you guys. If you are just joining us and just as a little conversation starter, I was going to ask you guys if you are musical creators and if you are, what kind of music do you play and stream? Please let us know. We would really like to discover what you guys are up to. And I think to like kickstart this with you, Glenn, could you please tell us a little bit about your personal story as a musical creator? How did your musical career start and how did your genre kind of evolve with the time of your musical creator career? Thank you. Yeah, it started for me when I was quite young. I was playing a lot of classical piano as you are as kids. Me and my brother, we were learning piano. I started quite early and I was competing in Canada and doing competitions and things like that when I was quite young. One thing led to another, and then I just got into electronic music around my teenage years, and one thing led to another, and then I started to tour, and it was in a different era before the digital world and and all that, so it was with turntables and everything, and skinny little kid from university was bouncing between school and doing gigs abroad, and it was a wonderful experience, and then one thing led to another, and then it was producing music and making records and composing, and then one thing led to another, and then it was a label group, and a lot of the questions that we're uh, that people have with how to monetize my music on YouTube or when I'm streaming, we, this is such a, a cool conversation that we're going to have today because hopefully what I'll be able to do is help everybody with six families, for example, says hip hop for sure. All this kind of stuff we can discuss. There's ways that we can help. Hopefully you guys grow what you're doing and I'm happy to be here with you on you. Happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great story. I like I love how you walked us through from the very early times how it was just classic piano training, then transformed into electronic music. And then so what is how would you define your genre today? What kind of music do you typically play as a DJ and what kind of music do you produce within the Alpine studio? A lot of the stuff that I was known for initially, like maybe going back 15 years or so ago now, but around that was all the progressive house and cl- like house music was really the 
the root of where I came from and Tiesto and all those guys really helped me a lot when I was younger. So bless them for that. And I did a lot of touring with Avicii and Armin and David Guetta and all those guys. So it was really a wonderful experience. And most of that music was club music, but at the same time, my roots were in piano. So we still had my Beethoven recordings and my classical recordings that were getting tens of millions of streams and a lot of attention. And it, and so we didn't want to ignore that. And also for me personally, I wanted to just keep that within me as well. It makes my composition better too. Even making hip hop records. I know one of the guys in our chat room was talking about hip hop. Yep. I love writing hip hop instrumentals. I love writing them because for me, it's just, I can write instrumentals all day. It's so much fun. And then really to hear hopefully what magic comes in on the top line on, on the vocal end is that's the whole other thing. But I know my my skill sets and, and this studio allows me to not just create music, but to be able to stream it like we're doing now with with the Restream Pro account. You do it on five five portals at once. You're really helping engage an audience. You've got the Facebook going, the Instagram going, the the Mixcloud was our was one that you and I spoke about recently. All of these are great tools because if you properly formulate how you want to do your streams and separate them into the playlists people can follow and say oh you know what i really like when when he does when glenn let's just say let's use me as an example i like when glenn does his ambient music i like that study music to relax or meditate or, or yoga or whatever there's a playlist for that and we have that stuff and then there's if there's i want to hear some club records it's friday night let's go we've got our club channel and, and all the stuff that relates yeah. to the club land. Yeah. And, no, that's awesome. And, it's and, important to be organized when you have so many different things going on for you, right? When you have all these genres. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. And you want it to be clear to your fans and, and to potential new fans to say, yeah. hey, this is what's going on here. Be authentic, of course. I see a lot of people on YouTube and Twitch and they all sound like cheap salesmen. They're always trying to sell you something or, hey, drop a like on this. You know what? You don't have to be so forceful about it. You can be just having a, a, a nice human conversation. And if people want to jump in, wonderful. Do you know what I mean? Like they're doing that's already. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll definitely talk a little bit about monetization. And we are going to tour your studio because I think this is very exciting for people sure. to see. Just to highlight a couple of community members here, six families here say we want to. So they mentioned that they have their own radio station and we want to have to live stream through our Rest real. Okay, that's awesome. I see Carlos is saying I'm working on a project that involves musicians playing live from different parts of the world. Oh, I love that. That is really exciting. Yeah, that's that is really wonderful. powerful. Very timely, right? Like with all the global pandemic, keeping people yeah. apart, like music could be one thing that can bring people together. I would really love to hear more about your project, Carlos. That sounds really interesting. He also mentions that it's a hobby, I might say. Uh, it's a great hobby, though. Like every big project um, that ever existed started as someone's passion. So it's absolutely, it's absolutely nice, fine. Gary. Yeah, there I've been streaming goes. piano covers for two months now. Yeah, this is beautiful. Talking about piano, right? Piano covers. I love piano covers, actually. When people do modern music and they just do their own kind of take on it and not, not just take the absolutely. piano part from it, but it's just so beautiful. I love it. So much fun. That's awesome. Thanks, yeah, guys. No, I Great comments. So why don't we go ahead and do a little studio tour? Because I think for a lot of people, uh, whether sure. they are already established musical creators or do they're just thinking about this, they're just trying things out. It would be really interesting sure. to see your setup since you have Absolutely. quite a bit going on. No, I'm happy to. I just hope it doesn't lag or anything. So bear with me. Nope. A cool yeah, I found that cool picture that shows that how techy you get on your website and also on your streams. I watched a lot of your streams where you show like specifically like how your gear works, how your equipment operates.
operate. So this is going to be really exciting. So I, I try. <laughs> I learned a lot from others and I tried also to be a good teacher as well. I'm very grateful for those who have taught me in a nice way. And there's two ways of teaching. There's a good way of teaching and a bad way of teaching. And I try to be on the good side. So please let me show you. I'm happy to give you a walkthrough. I hope it doesn't Let's lag. Do if it does, just yet. Just yell at me or something and I'll come back to my spot, okay? Sounds good. Let's see let's how it Let's go here. So we've got to start off with, of course, we have the, the keyboard workstation. Pardon the lights. I'm sorry. They're giving a bit of a glare. But the great monitors, wall-to-wall -wall acoustic design, of course, because in my opinion, the most important thing to start with is not the gear, but just to have an accurate room environment. So you can see that there's just tons and tons of various acoustic panels, all of which were made. We had around 400 hours of carpentry here and the guys did just such a wonderful job. So you can see there's all the, de the detail work with the trim, but on a gear level, let's get in a little bit in here. We have some mastering EQs and compressors, mostly for post-production. I've got also my Manly mastering EQs, Chandler, very nice instruments i call them little di different tools depending on what you need them for and and beyond that yeah there's then there's the synths of course the synthesizers uh, plenty moog and nord and all that but the modular wall this was really a labor of love took me around a year or so to get fully together as you can see the picture you showed actually had holes in it at the time now it's all now it's all full actually it expanded there's a little bit more on the bottom the things that are blinking it becomes an addiction but i really believe that there's a purpose in all of this, it's on the pursuit of trying to trying to do something different, to try to push the envelope a little bit. And a lot of my friends have been great inspirations for me creatively over the years. So it's not just me that's doing this, but Colin Benders and a lot of the guys that are really at the front of that modular movement, uh, Trent Reznor and all these guys, is very inspiring. So. I hope yeah. that I can bring that kind of inspiration to people watching. You don't have to have a studio like this to make music, but it's nice to have these tools to allow you the creative possibilities. And it's also, I think, important to remember that it takes time to build those things. And we're going to transition to Absolutely. the live streaming um, episode, a part of sure. that. So there's a part of creating music and there's part of streaming music. And that is something that I can definitely relate to. Like the studio that I'm in right now is also like labor of love and uh, a process that took us six months to put things together to experiment with different backgrounds with different lights with different cameras and it is definitely yeah. definitely something something that you don't start with you just grow into that and then you add on and you develop and you grow charles here's a spaghetti yeah, i hear you Charles. i hear you buddy i i hear you i, I hear you sometimes yeah. i say to myself i need to get more organized with the cables but then there's a certain point where it's just not possible anymore there's so many cables happening and that's just I, part of the patching work yeah i hear you Charles. Yeah, yeah yeah i thought i had a spaghetti factory i have a bunch of uh, cables here going on but this is nothing even close to, oh, <laughs> to and you know my, my tech guy jason he's really a genius and he's done such a good job of the back end of this main console it used to look like beyond a spaghetti factory like a spaghetti warehouse okay uh, and now it's been a lot cleaned up and it's a lot tighter but yeah cable management's a whole thing in itself is when you're starting to do accessories and just before our video stream i had my other laptop that had but it had it didn't have the headphone jack so i need to figure out a way to get headphones on and i was like bluetooth thing trying that was i was like oh my goodness all the technologies in here we have three or four computers in this room and you yeah. talk about streaming setups, like how long did it take you to figure out your optimal streaming setup? For me, it was like we had six, seven months of tech. Like we had yeah. internet providers over to give us base minimums. The minimum speed of your internet is so important. So yeah. important. 
Yeah, let's talk about that. So Can have, you break it down a little bit? What specifically do you use? What's your hardware? What's your software sure. in order to stream, to go live with your music, with your DJ sets, with, with other, like with live music that you stream and share with your community? Great question. That's a great, great question. I'm down with that one because I, I like the idea of, of explaining that the first thing before any streaming needs to take place is making sure that you have the right internet speed. And you need a base minimum. Personally, I like to have a base minimum of 10 megabytes a second upload, not download. The download doesn't matter. It's the upload speed. So from all the stuff that we went through, the base minimum, if you can get 10 megabytes a second upload, wonderful. Then you have a good stable connection. Ours is hardwired by a power line adapter. So in our case here to the studio, because the studio is in a far uh, room from where the internet receptacle is, we did the power line adapter, which I'm actually not using. I'm surprised it's so good right now because I'm using the power line adapters for the other laptop that I don't have the headphone jack on. So normally when we're streaming, we have the other laptop because it, also the power of the laptop, like the processor is very important when you have multiple camera devices and OBS software. One issue we ran into with specifically this laptop this one's good right now because we're just doing a one-to-one. -one. But when you're trying to get multiple cameras and OBS and you're encoding and streaming live, this computer was just crashing. So we have our maxed out whatever new laptop in the corner there that can handle the, the processor load. Beyond the internet speed, the computer processor. Oh, I perhaps would want to also recommend separating the processes. So when we're making music, when I'm playing here, when I'm doing my stuff in the studio on this music side, that is nothing to do with the streaming side of the video. So we have, we're basically, I have the audio being sent from a mirrored signal on my patch bay going into the other internet computer interface, a whole other, it's just being sent out to another computer. So I'm using two computers, one for the video side and then one for the audio side. This way it allows people to hear what I'm hearing. So what I'm hearing on the speakers, then people can hear that in the same time, which I think is really cool. When people awesome. are wanting to, sometimes you have a one hour, two hour stream and I'm noodling around. So half of it might be nonsense, but after 15 or 20 minutes, it might pick up and wow, there's some flashes of magic here. Let's see what happens. And people can come along for the ride. They can dip in, they can dip out, uh, yeah. but the, at least the audio quality is preserved in a way where let's say if people were coming into my room and talking, no problem. That microphone is not going to, there's no mic. It's just coming in as a direct feed from my patch bay into the into a separate interface, really. It's a complicated mm -hmm. Frankenstein setup, but when you say important. interface, uh, do you use uh, OBS or something like that? So just people are aware, like what, where do you OBS. take that? So you go to OBS and then from OBS, you go with real. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Like the Restream Pro account is, is the like the base minimum that you need in order to do what I want to do. And I think for a lot of people here, even with Gary's comments, wanting to know the workflow yep. ties in not just to streaming quality, but also the, the way in which you stream. So the Restream Pro is, I think, great because you're allowed to do the YouTube, Facebook, Periscope. Mixcloud and a, a ton of other platforms that I'm not even on. So there's right. at the end of the day, there's only so many platforms that we can really put our energies into here. We've chosen a, a good number. We have a lot going on, but right. I love Restream Pro for the ability to say, you know yeah. what, I'm live and we're on all these platforms. And then I get also a summary. What I really like at the end of the video, uh, like the stream session, I'll get a summary getting to tell yeah. me, this is what your numbers were like. This is what your engagement was like on each of these platforms. Metrics yeah. are everything over here for us, not just on the record side, but to gauge 
whether there's a sense of purpose in doing all this stuff. My YouTube yeah. numbers have been going up really well since I've started streaming. This is a good sign. I just try to be positive and authentic. And we live in a very weird, dark time right now. So the last mm -hmm. thing that I want to be doing is being polarizing. I want to invite people in here and say, come in here, feel comfy, pull up a chair, get a coffee, hang out, and I'll make yeah. some music. And you don't have to hear me blathering on. If you want to hear somebody talking, then there's amazing podcasts and there's people that talk. That's a huge thing with the restream for me. And how do I want to stream as a mastering studio, as a musician? Just stream it as if somebody's hanging out in the studio. I don't need to yeah. be talking. I don't need to be selling people on something. Just if they like mm -hmm. the music, they'll listen. And if they want to buy records of ours, thank you so much for supporting us. Like it's, it should feed itself. And if it's authentic, I think people are going to know right away. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, say, uh, for saying a bunch of nice things about Restream. I really appreciate it. It's really good to hear that that's helping. I also like those reports that I get every time after Friday Lives is over. Hey, this is how many people watched. This is your peak time. This is your engagement. It's definitely very oh. helpful. I, I want to actually uh, take Gary's question because I think it's a comment. Yeah. So I'm just going to read it out for people who are uh, listening to us on podcast because we are repurposing the show for a podcast. And yeah. just so people are aware of what we're talking about. I would love to know the workflow to chat with your audience while I'm playing. It can be really tough. I can use an iPad to read my music or your interface and then an iPhone to stream with the app Dolby On and Restream. Should I set up with a laptop and OBS? I've seen streamers have templates that scroll uh, songs, title and playing. So basically, I guess the question is, how do you multitask and keep this stream interactive and how important it is to react to comments altogether when you are a musical creator? Really good question. Gary, I guess the best way to answer that is what I like to do is think of things as compartmentalizing the workflow. So if you're making music, you should be focused on the music and you can always engage in a conversation after you're finished playing or if you're taking a break from the piece. In many cases, let's say, for example, if I'm doing my piano, for the sake of our conversation, piano covers or just noodling around on the piano, having some fun. When I take a break, then maybe I'll have my second computer because I told you I separated the musical processes. So I have my music computer here and then I have it streaming, being sent out on a different laptop just over in the corner here. I'll have that computer also open to the social media and I can just jump in randomly and then come back to my chair here and then I'm back to music. And a lot of my other friends in the music industry that have had great success with streaming, they're employing the same technique, which is uh, especially even some of the ones with uh, Patreon, I think is another one where you you mm -hmm. can people can subscribe to exclusive video streams. And some of my musician friends, they're, they're very gifted, like Colin and Niels. These guys, uh, they're, they're just playing music live, synthesizers, beautiful music. And they have two or three cameras, tastefully done, good lighting, always good lighting is important and good signals quality, good signal quality. So I think Gary, your headspace is bang on. You just need to have a good workflow so you're not stressed out. Yeah, engaging yeah. after the song, yeah. Absolutely. And to echo another question from Gary and also to reintroduce you here, I'm going to take the moment for those who are just joining us. My guest today is Glenn Morrison. He's a multi-platinum record selling musician, DJ and record producer. He is also, um, he, he owns Alpine Studio, uh, which is a recording studio in Toronto, Canada. And if you would like to connect with him, I actually have a quick caption for you guys. And I also dropped that in the chat. GlennMorrison.com and AlpineString.com are where you can find out more about Glenn, can find out about his music and connect with him if you want to. 
follow him, connect, send him any questions, chat. I'm sure Glenn you will know, do all yeah, of that. I'll jump one on top of you. I'll say anybody that's listening in right now, if you need any mixing or mastering work, I'll give 50% off just because you're on this video chat for the time that we're on this video chat, not unlimited, but it's an offer that's extended to everybody listening in. It's really nice to have you here. Anya and I have had, I have a great calendar of questions, list of questions, things going on here. So Thank you for joining in. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great gift for the community. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Let's talk about monetization a little bit, because you mentioned that for the most part, you as Mm -hmm. a creator don't really see yourself as a very salesy streamer who is trying to constantly like engage in hype up and say, Hey, buy this, do that. Uh, At the same time, for most musical creators, life is not very easy. It's difficult to monetize music, even if you're good at that, even if you have the talent of, of being that sales and marketer person, what, what you mentioned, Patrick. Patreon and basically relying on your community and subscriptions and donations that they could do to support you. What other ways of monetization of your music do you see for yourself as well as DJs and musical creators who are just starting their career today? Great question. Now, I love I love this question when you first raised it yesterday to me. I think there's many different ways to look at the music business. If you see yourself or your band or whatever as the a good analogy is like an octopus. Okay, the main body is the artist and all the tentacles are the various ways that you can monetize from the main body i really oh thank you gary that's nice of you to say i'm trying to bounce back between the chat here and also the video it's nice you have really nice format here on this it's cool so the main body is the artist and then the tentacles are the monetization streams and you have different ways of streaming such or sorry making money from from music Um, not just streaming but you have of course there's the spotify the apple the title etc all the different streaming, Google Play, all the streaming services there. You have also YouTube ad revenue that comes from having a YouTube channel that amasses really the metrics there is you need the subscriber count and the viewership, but that comes with meaningful content. So you have to build meaningful, engaging content that hopefully has some sort of uniqueness and merit to it. And always the good stuff shines through. You have all different types of stuff on YouTube as well that is curated and when somebody cares about something if there's you're going to create a sense of community within that right so the content is key that's just one part the ad revenue there that's a second tentacle then you could have your own record label you can start up your own indie record label that doesn't have to have physical goods it can be digital only no bricks and mortar start very low and that could be a revenue source to monetize your original music and there's let's say what else you could keep going down the rabbit hole you could offer your own services if you're a guitarist you could be a session if you're a good enough guitarist you can be a session guitarist offer your services on people that need guitars for a record if there's a million different ways patreon you mentioned Mm -hmm. that can be people that want to subscribe to you every month what are you going to offer these people every month if they if they are going to be willing to give you even three dollars a month or five dollars or ten or fifteen what are you doing for them and it should be yeah. good. It should be something nice. It, in my, and this is how I view it. It should you should be trying to be a good value to the person that's that's supporting you. Do you know what I mean? In my yeah. case, we also have vinyl. We're selling physical merchandise like with vinyl and baseball hats and things like that. And every time there's an order, I personally thank everybody and I say thank you so much. It means a lot. You're helping support what we do. And that little bit I think goes a long way when you put the care factor into something it goes a long way. So to make money in music, there's really a thousand different ways. And again, you say it's very difficult, but if you care enough and you execute it properly, it can be a very 
meaningful and financially rewarding thing too. I really like it. Yeah, the genre doesn't matter, right? Yeah, the merch is is a really good one that uh, a lot of people think, I I think there's a misconception that like, oh, merch is like very difficult to manage. It's very expensive. It's very time consuming. And partly there is an initial, like a little bit of a setup. You have to design the things. You have to think those through. But then once that's done, it's actually a pretty good source of revenue that doesn't necessarily require a ton of your time and attention. There are a lot of tools out there that facilitate that today. Definitely for Restream, like wearing one of our Restream shirts right now. This yeah, is something right, that, exactly. that we offer for. Like it's not, it's a of work in the beginning, but now when it's all streamlined, it works pretty well. And one more monetization yeah. thing I wanted to mention, and I, I don't know, Glenn, what's your opinion uh, relevant is that for musical creators, but there's sponsorships, right? If you are a live streaming right. creator and you have a regular schedule, you have a series, you have weekly streams of some sort, whether you right. do just your music or a little bit of behind the scenes, you could always partner with musical gear, with musical instruments producers, with manufacturers right. of all kinds of software and tools uh, that you as a musical creator, use. and if you are good at what you do, and if there's a natural fit with what the other brand is offering, you could always partner. And I'm sure if, if you have a dynamically growing community, a lot of brands would be happy to work with, with musical creators in order to promote their goods and services to their community. So that's another Wonderful. thing to consider. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, sorry, I forgot that in my earlier ramblings. You're absolutely bang on. I've, I've gotten sponsored by a number of companies uh, in that headspace. And I wonder, I love to promote them as much as I can, because in my mind, I don't like just having something and putting a hand out and saying, can I get something and not offer anything back? What's my value add? And even when we, when I was with speaking with you in the earliest stages of Restream, I loved Restream and I was thinking, how can we work together in good harmony? And everything that we've done so far has been great leading up to this nice video interview. So it's like, how can we work together in good harmony? And I like to always try to offer back when it comes to sponsoring with these music companies as well. I've been very blessed and sponsored by like at least 20 of the best companies in the world for music and um, also the technology side of it. I'm very grateful that they have the confidence in me to want me to experiment and play around with their tools and their inventions, essentially. Without them, there would be none, no music. So for that, there's a, how do you say, a double-edged sword, like you, we help each other. There's ways of helping each other. It's yeah, nice it's that you very, bring up that side. Because, yeah, yeah, it's very supportive. It's very supportive and it's mutually beneficial. So it's definitely something to explore. And a lot of people think you have to be super, I don't know, like snub dog level creator in order to get no. brands interested in you. But that's not uh, the case at all. Like I personally- I'm, not, I'm not even remotely at that level. Let's be, let's, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Brad, Bradley Cooper. I'm not going out at Mr. Brad Pitt over here. No, I can I can walk to a grocery store and no one knows who I, Someone asked in the chat, who's this guy? He's nice, but who is this guy? That's me, I'm this guy. So that's great. You, you really just need an, you need to be authentic and you need to be skilled and passionate about what you do and people that i think the video chatting is perfect because you and i can have a somewhat of yeah. a human conversation sometimes that gets lost in emails and sometimes my yeah. emails because i'm not all i don't do smiley fit you know how i write i'm very formal in my emails so maybe it comes off cold but then we talk and it's you know how i am so i think there's been some great questions in the chat as well yeah i, I was gonna i was gonna go ahead yeah out. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and uh, move to that. Uh, yeah. It's cool. just really, really interesting that, yeah, that what was the sponsorship stuff that, yeah, but just one, one quick point that I wanted to make is that you don't have to be 
super celebrity level in order to be interesting for no. brands because as a brand myself as restream influencer marketing lead um, at the company i am not necessarily looking for the biggest person the biggest following i'm looking for someone who is a authentic and is a good fit who is naturally using our product who will be able to speak intelligently about how it works and why it's beneficial okay, i hope you're person. saying that i hope i'm part of that that's such a sweet thing if i can i be a part of that little boat of those people yeah, that i like yeah, absolutely nice. Absolutely. Anastasia here says, cool shirts. Thank you. I know. That's yeah. the Restream shirt right here. That they're is comfy getting... too. I'm telling you. I love it. I love it. They're I good. appreciate it. That's awesome. <laughs> Anastasia here is bringing up another great question that I definitely wanted to dedicate some time to because a yeah. lot of people are wondering. What is the best way to yeah, stream please. music to Facebook? Is there any copyright restrictions? So copyright is a big issue in the musical industry in general right now. It's a multi-platform, yeah. multi-industry issue that a lot of people are struggling with, especially DJs who are using other artists' creations and mixing them up and creating right. their own thing. But how do you do the right thing for copyright holders, for the creators, and at the same time benefit from using multi-streaming and using live streaming in general in order to connect with your community. And Facebook is notoriously hard to deal with. So let's start with Facebook. Sure. How do you stream to Facebook without getting copyright blocked? This is a great question. I'm glad we're talking about it. And I'm on the side where, yes, I'm an artist, I'm a composer, but I'm also a label owner. So I have, we have our label group with four labels, soon to be five. We have over 800 tracks in our catalog. And that catalog it's an ever-growing catalog, whether it's new music or signing music, old music, doesn't matter if it's music that fell out of old publishing. So I'm on two sides. So I, th I think I'm really well addressed. To, like, to be able to address this question, I think I'm right in, I'm in the perfect seat to be able to hopefully answer this uh, in a good way. With Facebook and copyright protections, even on YouTube or any of the other uh, media platforms, I don't want to have people playing music that isn't cataloged or licensed you never know it could be cut up it could be done in derivative ways to engage in music and to enjoy it is one thing but to try to monetize from it when you don't have the necessary rights to makes no sense so you have to look at it this way when you're doing music streaming or in the case of the dj streaming let's say okay because you did address that the dj streaming there's mixcloud is a wonderful portal to handle when you want to DJ records and play music that maybe is not owned by you, but that's part of the history of DJing, where I came from, where many of us came from, was playing records, mixing them, doing whatever with them. There's Mixcloud as a vehicle for that. When it comes to Facebook, they adopted similar measures to YouTube, where the, if you're not the copyright owner, then the, the music is going to just get muted or you're going to get flagged and it will get taken down on the most extreme of situations. There's It makes sense logically because how can you collect all the monetization from the billions of videos that are being done every day constantly? It's just, it's not possible. So the best way to do it is to make music. If you want to do a Facebook stream and not have it taken down, make music live, make your own music. The problem I think today, and this is more of a macro philosophical one for the chat, for everybody in here, is that we're always watching American Idol and The Voice and all these different shows that are basically encouraging people to sing other people's songs. It's not like their own original music half the time. It's always some cover of some other song. And all that's doing is fostering the idea that you are making music that isn't yours, but it is, and it's got your personal stamp on it, but it's not something you wrote. This is, why don't you just push yourself and make music live completely new? And that's really what's gonna separate, I think, the most, we're seeing it now in the, in the year of Corona, when there's no touring, when there's no way to do international touring anyways. I was doing it my heyday. 
120 shows a year, but there were guys like Skrillex doing 300 shows a year. There were guys like the Tiestos and the Skrillexes, they're touring every day, constantly touring. And they're great musicians anyways, so they can do what they can do stuff when they're not touring. It doesn't matter. The point is what you have to straddle these different worlds. And now that there's no touring, there's just streaming. There's just streaming for people that want to DJ or for people that want to make music. And if you're making new music, you'll never get copyrighted for it because it's your own music and you're making it live. So a lot of the Facebook and the YouTube streams you'll notice on my channel, I might as well plug it right now, the youtube.com slash Glenn Morrison TV, I believe is what it is. We have playlists that show, oh, this is Glenn's ambient music or Glenn's piano music or whatever. I don't have a lot of my club mixes on there because we were getting this issue when I was live streaming to Facebook and I was DJing vinyl from even records that are 20 or 30 years ago, they're hardly even represented. Some of them don't even have Spotify or streaming links at all, but they would get flagged because maybe there would be an old copyright owner that owned it. So then the Facebook would block the audio and mute it. To me, this is not an effective way of communicating a video for people on Facebook because for someone that's jumping in later, they're gonna see that there's all these sections that are muted Maybe the live stream itself might be clean, but for everybody watching later, it's not going to be a, a nice video. So for now, while we're figuring out, the, letting the big companies figure out what the laws are, we're trying to work within the ways that make most sense on a musical level. So a lot of my friends and I, when we do our streams, it's like really just live. Maybe it doesn't sound perfect. Maybe it's not edited perfectly, but it's live. And if I'm doing mastering sessions, because I like to teach people sometimes how to master records with certain pieces of gear and things like that. I'll use the tracks that I own within my label catalog. So within our 800 track plus growing catalog, we're whitelisted with our distributor on the music licensing end to be able to play that music without getting flagged. But still there's times where I'll get my music flagged down on copyright on, on music I own. And then we just have to get the request to get it lifted. Most times it's quite clean. I would just recommend for people DJing like proper DJing, playing other records, these are not the platforms for you. As much as we want them to be, they're not the platforms for you right now. And if they were the platforms for you, then there'd be a way to do it. And Twitch is another example. Twitch is largely a gaming platform. When I'm streaming my music, I get very little streamers watching my music. That's just because Twitch happens to be still known as a gaming platform, but maybe over time that might change. And again, with Restream Pro, you can do five or six different social media platforms at the same time. So what's the harm in having the Twitch account live? That's the headspace, right? Oh, I'm so sorry, Anya, your audio died on me. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry about that. I, I actually, uh, yeah, I actually muted myself. So I was curious, you mentioned about Facebook might not being a platform for you. Isn't there a way though, when you could potentially obtain some kind of a permission from, from the copyright owner in order to but play like, music as yeah. a DJ? Because a the lot of people- is, a lot of people don't have that ability. Okay, this is right. my own music. This is my own right. label. Like we're talking about DJs right. who are just experimenting with someone else's records. What is there a path for them at all? Because I believe that Facebook is interested in allowing, creating that space for, for musical creators great. there. I say great. I say wonderful. I look forward to the day. But for the for today's purposes, up until today, it's been very, the, the DJ videos have been yeah. largely cut up. And the irony for me, partic I haven't even been, like I saw Gary's thing saying he yeah. got DCM, he got a DCMA takedown on some Eagles yeah. record. Of course, it's an Eagles record. There's going to be a team that's actively looking after that stuff. Yeah. You, it's just, there's a better way to communicate what you want to convey. And back in the day, we used to give mixtapes to our friends and we used to do things like that. And today you have to experiment and know that certain platforms can do certain things 
and keep them active, keep them engaged as best you can. For me, it was like I was playing records from 30, 40 years ago in electronic music, which is already a niche genre. It's not like I was playing commercial music that was well known and I was still getting takedowns. So we said, you know what, let's readjust our time because there's only so many hours in the day. There's only so many hours in the day. Let's adjust our calibration on what do we want the streams to be? And in my case, we thought having a master class would be like a very nice concept. You know what I'm saying? Like the headspace of come on in, sit down. Hopefully you can learn something if you wish. Hopefully you can enjoy what you're listening to if you wish. And if you don't like it, you can leave. There's nothing that's, it's just more of a natural engagement. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really. I'm in here working anyway, right? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting concept of, okay, so if you are, if the type of music that you are creating is kind of doomed to have copyright issues on certain platforms such as Facebook and YouTube, yeah, you can diversify your content and do a lot of behind the scenes, very popular type of thing. You can do interviews with other creators. You can do, there are a lot of things that you could do uh, that is not necessarily exposing you to copyright claims. And then there are platforms, just like Anastasia is mentioning, thank you, sounds like Mixcloud is the way to go, which is actually integrated with Restream. So you could go to Twitch and Mixcloud and your own website, for example, or customer team P for the that musical streams and then all the behind the scenes, all the training, all those conversations around them, you could add on your Facebook and your YouTube. I think that's a great workaround. I'm, I'm glad that that you, you brought it up, Glenn. That really sounds like a very logical thing to do. I also oh, wanted to you. talk a little bit about engagement. Gary is talking about struggling and having challenges with that. And I think it's an important topic to mention here. He says, folks are rewatching my videos, but just not getting a lot of engagement. I'm trying to focus on the quality that I'm offering, considering I've just been doing this for two months. I need to be patient, trying to be myself. So how, let's talk a little bit about growing your community and keeping people engaged. Like what are your tips yeah. and, and hacks that you recommend? Sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I really believe being authentic is such an important quality, especially today when there's so many different people that are trying to get their voices heard. Why, what can you bring to the table? And hopefully it can be in a positive, nice way that isn't polarizing or something that's, how do you want to leave your mark on the world? So try to be meaningful, be authentic, be grateful, because all of this starts from nothing. I remember when I was in my parents' basement trying to learn how to DJ and mix vinyl, and I sounded like train tracks for three months. It was, must have been horrible for everybody in the surrounding area. And I really started at nowhere, at the, at the bottom, just, oh man, just imagining what it would be like. And then all these things started to happen, and it was really special. So just remember the real love that you have for what you're doing. That's the reason your streaming should just be an extension of what you're doing. I don't ever really stream outside of the studio room because I'm working right now. When I'm in the studio, I'm working. And then after that, I turn everything off and I let my two worlds separate, the internet world and then the real world. And I think that's really important to to get an engaging fan base. You need to be providing meaningful content. Uh, Again, good quality videos. So we actually have three videos. Uh, Maybe this is important to talk about. How are you treating your TV channel? Treat yourself like a TV channel. Where Restream is your network, where it's allowing you to go on many channels. If you think of it like that as an analogy, it's very nice. You are the, the channel and you want to be distributed on as many different networks at the same time as possible. That's what Restream essentially allows you the ability to do. You want to have your TV channel look nice. First We Feast on YouTube, that channel where the guy eats the hot wings and he has random movie stars and people come in. It's very well shot, very well lit. It's extremely professional in the production. And it's no surprise that's one of the most popular YouTube channels. You have tons of different 
examples that you can use as well. And a lot of the commonality is good lighting, good video quality, no latency. If it's a music based or talking based, it doesn't matter. The, if, the quality has to be of the video and the sound has to be of good quality. I, I hope that today it's clear, by the way, because I'm just on a, a baby laptop mic right now, not even set up to the main room. So I hope the quality is good. But these things matter. And yeah, and if you do the try, we have a, it's not hard to do with an OBS, but if you have a scene switcher, like you can buy a scene switcher thing, plug in for OBS, that if you have three cameras, it can switch every 10, 15 seconds. And it allows for that more like kind of immersive TV experience. This is nice right now. You and I are going back and forth. Yeah, absolutely. And within the studio space, like what we are using right now, Restream Studio, it allows you to do a little bit less things that OBS Studio with scenes changing and with all those special effects and like multiple cameras and sound ingests. But it does give you the opportunity to do like a lot of basic things and still make your streams look professional because you can still brand it. You can still highlight the comments from your community. You can still feed the sound and you can have one camera and it's very easy like the entry barrier is is minimal you need like minutes yeah. in order to figure out how it works yeah. so it is yeah. uh it's pretty really great. even this even this is very smooth this is a very smooth video yeah very, you know what was great was mixer i loved mixer and we had a partner account with them and everything yeah. was going great and then all of a sudden oh mixer's closed now that was in my opinion one of the best streaming platforms it was so smooth every time i looked at mm-hmm. it i was like wow the platform is well built but I guess it didn't have a lifespan. Absolutely. So just to acknowledge Gary here's uh, mentioning, I suppose you can try a bunch of different platforms and see where you get the most traction. Definitely a great strategy. And Restream is a great tool for that because you can just try them yeah, all out with a, with a little toggle and then see Absolutely. how it works. But I would say, I would yeah. definitely recommend- I would dedicate- recommend turn them on all the time to Gary. Exactly. I would say, just- Gary- Keep them on all the time. Keep them on, exactly, because you never know. And one last question that I wanted to do before we wrap this up uh, is something that Anastasia is mentioning here. What could you recommend for the equipment? What mixer is the best and how to connect it to Restream? I think it's an interesting question because we walked through the gear in the beginning of the conversation. But if you could sum it up, like what kind of mixer do you use that is the easiest to to connect to then live stream through Restream or any other other ways to OBS or whatever? That's a great question, Anastasia. And you know what? Frankly, you caught me a little bit off guard. I hadn't thought about it. My setup is very complicated, and I would want to give you something that's very simple. So if you want to email me to my Alpine website, I'll remember, obviously, who you are. I'll do a little bit of digging, and I'll ask a friend or two and see if there's like a very affordable, simple mixer. But in terms of connecting it to Restream, like Anya was saying, it's a very smooth setup. It's, there's good, it's not complicated. I think the biggest thing is just getting the quality to be good enough where it's enjoyable for the viewer. Yeah, absolutely. I could be, I'm sorry, I don't even want to mean to cut you off on you, but I'll say, I don't want, I don't mean to be opaque. I'm using, I believe a Focusrite, a baby Focusrite mixer that handles the signal going from my patch bay into that. And then that Focusrite is going into my laptop into OBS. So that's how I'm doing it for me, but awesome. Um, Again, yeah. Gary here is mentioning Focusrite as well. I have a Focusrite solo, affordable and great sound. Exactly. And like, yeah, and the stage yeah. is saying, I'm just starting. Thank you for your help. That's awesome. Like, oh, great questions, everybody. Just to wrap this up real quick, just want to reintroduce you one more time for those people who are kind of like catching the tail end of our conversation. My guest today was Glenn Morrison. He's a multi-platinum record sell- selling musician, DJ and record producer. He owns Alpine Studio. And if you guys want to connect with him, ask more questions and kind of find out uh, more about his work, connect, see the music that he makes and also the services that he's offering as a producer, you can find him here at glennmorrison.com or Alpine Studio. 
alpinemastering.com. Um, sorry, I guess I mispronounced it for the, for the first time. Okay. Here is the link. And I also dropped it in the chat earlier today. And I'll do it again in just a minute. Glenn, thank you so much for being with us today. It was a great conversation. I really appreciate you. And everyone who joined us in the chat, great questions today, folks. Uh, yeah, Gary thank you so much. And David, every, yeah, thank you. And Anya, really wonderful questions. Thank you. It was a great day. I hope we can do this again soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm just going to toggle you out and we'll chat a little bit afterwards. I'm sending the link for you guys in the chat. So if you guys want to connect with Glenn, that's the way to do it. Thank you very much, everybody, for showing up today and for joining our conversation. I really love to interview musical creators because they always have a lot of great stuff to say. They have interesting insights. They have good stories. So definitely let me know if you would like to hear more interviews that involve DJs and musicians and musical creators because we have quite a quite a bit of people who are working with Restream or using Restream that we could um, engage on that level. I'm trying to basically bring people from different backgrounds. But if you want to hear more from musical creators, please let me know in chat and comment. Um, in in our support team you can reach out to them and say hey we would love to see this on Friday lives I'm definitely checking all of those messages and thanks again for joining us today this was Anya I'm based in Austin Texas with Restream team here and I appreciate you all coming in I'll see you next Friday you have a wonderful rest of your Friday and a fabulous weekend bye y'all